Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the Steel Wars Hyper Chat. It is Tuesday, the 8th of September, 2020. Double the 20, double the fun. Oof, so close, so close. How are you guys doing? We uh, had a public holiday yesterday. So, hey, you guys, and welcome back. Sorry about that. Just had myself pop up in another screen somehow. Um, public holiday yesterday, so no live stream. But uh, we are back for four more days of uh, fun Star Wars streaming action also on the podcast. So how it's going to work with the uh, audio version of this, the first episode of each week's daily hyper chat will go on the regular feed and then the audio will be uh, kept over for Patreon members. But today, the Mandalorian strikes back. Woo! EW coming correct with a, uh, a cover story on the Mandalorian. Uh, two different cover options for you uh, magazine sickos out there. We've got, uh, this is the Barnes and Noble exclusive uh, with Din. And then lower down, you have got uh, Baby Yoda, Yoju, if you will. And I know several of you will. And he's down in the sack. The first cover that you'll be able to get everywhere else is the far more Baby Yoda, Yoju, if you will, centric cover of um, him curled up next to the Mandalorian's little leg. Trey Cause, he's in the chat saying he's looking good in on that cover and... It's so fun. Been waiting so long for more news about the Mandalorian. Haven't we all? Haven't we all? Also, what this means, you guys, is the road to the trailer. It's getting more paved, narrower, wider. We're going faster. We're going past the freeway and it says trailer and it says you know, 600 miles, and then you have to work out how long that is in days. I don't know. I don't know. But very exciting. Um, we're going to go through the uh, new photos. There's a few key things. My two sort of big takeaways from this for different reasons. As Pedro says, we start very directly after the first season and he's going into very dangerous territory. So I, I, I sort of didn't have much of a clue about if there'd be a time jump or not. I didn't think there would be. And saying we start very directly after the first season is very interesting. Hmm, like that. The other thing is confirmed return of the AT-AT. The AT-AT's back. Um, cannot wait to see uh, where that turns up in The Mandalorian. But uh, how do I know the AT-AT's back? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll go through the article. And uh, there's, a, there's a, a not so subtle hint. So I'm sure everyone else um, picked it up. Let's go through some of the photos. And uh, then after that, we'll probably hit some live stream 
comments. Let us just get this up. All right. Bang. If uh, Again, if you are listening to this on the audio podcast, um, click the link in the show notes and it will open up the uh, YouTube to this and you can watch along with us. So uh, this, the whole point of this new schedule of show is to sort of, for those that uh, don't have time to scour the internet and Twitter, the fun Star Wars things, that um, I will bring them to you daily. And obviously this is an easy one to start the week. First photo up, Rogue Squadron, Cara Dune, Din Djarin and Grief Karga on the move in EW's uh, first look of season two Mandalorian. And uh, they just look like they're coming out of an elevator. The The tightness of the crop of the photo sort of makes it look like sort of like a low budget um, fan film with uh, very recognizable faces, but uh, they're, they're keeping a lid on where they're arriving. But they're, I don't know what Mandalorian, I'm not sure what his emotions are through this. Oh, 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 Rick uh, Villanueva says it looks like the interior of a Star Destroyer, which is tantalizing. Thank you, Rick. Um, yeah, Grief and uh, Cara Dune are looking very concerned and uh, apprehensive. And the Mandalorian's got his little little pistol out. His little blaster pistol, you guys. Uh, I, I, I do have to also comment these are uh, these pun titles. Let's rate them. They're, 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 they're pretty good. If you like puns, uh, a fight in shining armor. And we've got, uh, looks like he's in a bit of a shootout or trying to avoid a shootout. The Mandalorian on a Tatooine looking set, baby Yoda, Yoju, if you will, is uh, crouched behind his shoulder. The caption reads, Mando and the child hang out. Ironically, it's the very small physical gesture, those specific inundations in the voice that make him compelling. Pascal says, a little goes a long way. So talking about the Mando there. Oh. This Star Wars pun. There's a picture of Cara Dune. She's leaning against a pole. Looks like maybe on Tatooine again. Everything looks like Tatooine, you guys. But uh, there's definitely Tatooine in this season. We would uh, imagine by uh, one of the later reveals. But uh, we've got Cara Dune leaning against the pole. And the caption is Dune C. James Hibbard. Are you writing this of uh, EW? Because you're, you're killing the game. Cara Dune returns. The first season was just the beginning of a huge story. They take the gloves off even more in season two, Carano says. Oof, James, VW. We've got a picture of Grief Karga looking apprehensive in a uh, maybe a Star Destroyer-esque environment, maybe just a cargo ship, maybe a caravan. I don't know. It's tightly cropped. And the caption is, good grief. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Uh, Weathers says you'll get a chance to see him in a different light and a side of him that you didn't see last time. Now, Grief Karga is one of the, instantly one of the great Star Wars characters. This Carl Weathers was made for Star Wars. Next up, we've got a, uh, a picture of Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon. Again, very tightly cropped to the face. Background's out of focus. Killing me. This one's titled Gideon's Crossing. The imposing Moth Gideon, Giancarlo Esposito, has had access to all this great technology at his fingertips. And he knows how to use it, which just made me think of this. She never she knows how to All right, that's enough of ZZ Top. Um, that Legs music video actually is... I don't know what's going on there, but it's a, it's a, it's a wild, wild scene. Uh, but that's very exciting. Moff Gideon. Oof, stoked. Oh, gosh. All right. This is a photo of like a swoop bike, speeder bike, uh, seemingly on Tatooine. Uh, the Mandalorian's riding it. Yoju, if you will, is in a little pouch in the back, and it is titled... Speeder Tyke. Woof. Mando takes the child for a ride on a speeder bike. Uh, good grief, we've done that, done that one. Where else we got some? Oh, Bantha Tracks. Sweet shout out to our friends in the UK at Bantha Tracks or Fantha Tracks. It's close. It's close. It's a typo. How is it so close? Uh, and we've got a Tuscan Raider on a Bantha. I'll uh, just scroll down on that Bantha. Um, the question is, how, how is that Bantha there? Did those reference loving, we've got to do it how we did it back in the day, boys of uh, Favreau and Filoni fur up a, uh, an elephant for this back when we did it in 76. That's how we loved it. Loved our Banthers with trunks underneath, but there's that very exciting. The, um, I do have to say the sort of introspection with the, the Tuscan Raiders, the people and their uh, position their, their, their social position on uh, Tatooine was a, a very good addition, I felt, to Tuscan Raider um, backstory, or as serious people call it, law, law. Gotta, gotta honor the law, you guys. And then, so that's all the new photos. Let's go through a few highlights of the actual article. Um, actually, we'll see what's happening in the live chat. Uh, Angelo James says, love the new pics. Look like everyone is ready to roll. Trey says, looks like a publicity shot. Well, they're all publicity shots. Come on. Come on. 
Angelo James also says, Hasbro, you made the land speeder for kids. Now it's time for the speeder bike. Oh, please. Yes. A ride on speeder bike. Like the old Huffy one. My One of my true vintage collecting um, grails. It kills me I didn't get that land speeder. The ride on kitty land speeder when they were... Toys R Us was closing down. I think they're selling for like 99 bucks. Ugh. But let's go into this uh, Mandalorian article. Uh, Baby, Yoda was, was, Baby Yoda was somehow in France. That's what tipped it. It was December 29th. The Mandalorian had only been airing for about a month on the Disney Plus when showrunner John Favreau saw an online photo of a large mural halfway across the world. The street art depicted his show's Wide-eyed, force-sensitive character peering solemnly from under a bridge. That was the moment, Favreau says, when he realised his series was becoming a phenomenon. The Mandalorian hadn't yet aired in France or anywhere in Europe for that matter. Like, that's awesome. There is a, uh, a Yoju bit of street art just up on Melrose that I, I walk past pretty much every day. I love it. So that's sick. I love Favreau's interpretation of what this means though. He says, the show wasn't there, Favreau says. Something was going on where people were connecting with the characters, with social media, allowing them to see aspects of the show before they even knew what it was. Now, I think it's very kind of John Favreau to suggest that someone that circumvents the law to produce their art also wouldn't circumvent the law to view other art that wasn't... um, available as yet in their territory but yeah i'm sure it was the gifts (laughs) to me that says they should have released it worldwide but we're done with that we're done with that um the article continues i'll just read out some highlights baby yoda yoju if you will doesn't say that there but it should uh which disney has fruitlessly tried to persuade the word world to call the child as its actual parents are unknown is species is considered rare and mysterious, was only part of the frenzy, uh, talks about the different reactions to um, the previous Star Wars films, um, described Solo as Star Wars story as why was the fan reaction, which do you not know why? Um, to tell a story and, and, and make money. So um, that's normally why. Uh, earning 15 Emmy nominations. Um the 53-year-old Favreau, who also helped launch Marvel Cinematic Universe in 2008's Iron Man, managed to inject life into a franchise that some of the media had speculated was about to fade out of existence. Wow. Uh, like the OG Yoda in Return of the Jedi. Did people think it was going to fade? It was maybe just going to chill out. Uh, and a TV show. The last time anyone had attempted live-action Star Wars for the small screen was 1978's infamous holiday special. Are you denying a caravan of courage and Ewok adventure? Are you one of those battle for Endor denialists? You should be ashamed of yourself, man that writes for EW. What's name and shame? James Hibbert, what are you doing? The Ewoks battled for Empire at the Endor. I'm so upset. Uh, a project, referring to the holiday special, that the mild man Lucas declared he wanted to track down every copy and smash it with a sledgehammer. And I always thought 
he called them laser swords. But uh, whatever. So what did the Mandalorian do right that the other Star Wars titles did not? Favreau believes the lower expectations of television versus the movies helped give his show an edge. I think it was the fact it was a live action TV series for the first time. Having worked on bigger, higher profile films, there's much different set of standards which are judged by. We've benefited, we've benefited from the smallness of our world. Um, yeah, definitely agree with that. I know the other thing was I wasn't expecting much because of all the press material. I was sort of like it was set in Star Wars, but it something was missing. And um, you know, as we as I worked out at the end of the first season or episode, I should say, what I thought was missing suddenly was introduced, and that was the Force in a uh, a new and exciting way. Um, Rick Valvanuva, uh, Scott Mendelson did not write this. Rick James Hibbert did. Lay off, lay off, Scott. Come on, God, you think you're a regular Zack Snyder? turning on Mendelssohn like that. Um, Okay, let's get into some Filoni stuff. Another key factor, Favreau says, was the creative input of executive producer and director Dave Filoni, who was closely mentored by Lucas while helming seven seasons of the acclaimed animated series Star Wars Clone Wars. Favreau does the bulk of the Mandalorian's writing, bringing his story sense that he refined over the years of working within the Marvel Universe and on Disney projects like The Lion King, while Filoni keeps him on track as the arbiter of what works in Star Wars. Loving what I'm hearing. Loving what I'm hearing. Quite simply, we didn't overthink things, Filoni says of the show's debut season, which inspired by the opening act of A New Hope. Uh, and straightforward compared, compared to the frenetic tangle of characters, story threads and callbacks that filled 2019's saga concluding the rise of Skywalker. George started with these very iconic characters whose relationships are very clear and then introduced what's at stake for us, the fate of the child. An audience tends to enjoy a story by sticking to tropes and characters they understand, like a gunslinger in the Old West. So it was a clear story and a fun adventure, even if you've never seen anything in the Star Wars universe. You're singing it. You're singing it, buddy. Uh, This one is sort of pressed as a compliment, but it's sort of like, oof. Um... (laughs) Don't, maybe don't add this to your, your Tinder profile if uh, you do this as well. Uh, Filoni's mind is so deep into a galaxy far, far away, he often expresses his thoughts in Star Wars metaphors, such as describing his partnership with Favreau as bringing balance to the Force. Which, I don't know, maybe that's a sweet pickup line. Hey, 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 hey. Want to bring balance to the Force? Tip the cowboy hat. All right, now this bit is perfect. This is, I feel like, the perfect scenario for world-acclaimed directors to come in and write Star Wars stuff. This is how it should be. Favreau breaks down the process. I'll come up with ideas, and sometimes Dave will say, you can't do this in Star Wars. Then I'll cite examples from the movies or Clone Wars to try use as a justification. 
I'm like a lawyer talking to a judge. I aim to him. I am to him as he was to George. I won't do anything without Dave's approval. And to his credit, he understands that Star Wars needs to be fun and ever evolving. That's how you get good, like connected Star Wars content. You you have uh, a, a someone, a Jedi master on the Jedi council, like Filoni and you have then a you know world-renowned filmmaker bouncing ideas off him. And if something is in contrast to something in Star Wars, whether it's established technology or, or storylines or this is possible, that's not possible, they can then say, maybe not that. How about we weave around, do it like this, and you're sell- telling the same story, but you're not contradicting things that are already set up for the sake of contradicting them. Um, you know, I would just off the top of my head cite Poe's backstory, you know, shifting around in the rise of Skywalker as, as something that I was sort of like, you could have established that he had those connections without, um, sort of stepping on his previously established backstory. And I feel like you need the writer director on like a very similar, very close footing, uh, responsibility wise. So there's sort of like an even relationship. So the, the Star Wars Jedi Master has some like veto power in, in what's going on. And like, this is like, like, this is why it turned out so good, in my opinion. Uh, the season concluded with the Mando embarking on a search for the child's own kind. Gideon was revealed to possess the mysterious axe, ancient black-bladed weapon, the Darksaber. Expect the Outer Rim to get a lot more crowded in season two. And this is getting a lot of speculation that this is mentioned in a, um, you know, a very um, PR-heavy uh, article for Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Disney in Entertainment Weekly. While Disney has not confirmed any new cast members or their characters, there's a rogues gallery of actors who seem optimised for a Comic-Con panel reportedly coming on board. Rosario Dawson as Clone Wars fan favourite Jedi Apostate. Hmm. That's a new word for me. Uh, Ahsoka Tano. And, and yeah, there's a, that should be no surprise to anyone. Uh, Tamira Morrison, who played Jango Fett in the prequels, playing presumably some version of a clone trooper or the iconic bounty hunter Bobble Fett. Katie Sackhoff, Battlestar Galactica, as a live-action version of Bo-Katan. And also Michael Biehn, the Terminator, and Timothy Oliphant, justified as unknown characters. Gina Carano says some of them are true, some of them are not true. Hmm. Now I did a quick asking around and it's not necessarily locked in stone in any form that uh, Lucasfilm has veto of the information in here because you know, there's, there's a few uh, negative bits of editorialization about uh, the Star Wars brand in the article. Very light. Um, 
maybe they did. Maybe uh, he got approval to say this is reportedly what's happening. But it's pretty juicy. Um, and one of the people I talked to about if they would approve it also said they're pretty sure they're all in it. So uh, very exciting. And then there's this like weird stuff in it where it's like, this isn't even strange for a film or a TV show. Um, Carino notes that the heightened security included actors getting scripts only for their own episodes and being ushered to sets in black coats and hoods like incognito Sith Lords. That's, they were, they were doing that back in the nineties. Um, I remember at Fox Studios for Attack of the Clones, they um, quickly realised there was a lot of eagle-eyed snappers from somewhere and they had to cover up um, Ewan McGregor, I remember seeing a photo of him covered up, and the um, Jedi Starfighter. I remember they had a sort of balsa wood version of that. And I was like, is that a, a giant model Star Destroyer? No, it's a Jedi Starfighter. Just pretty sick. Um, this is again, this is more good new stuff. Uh, the new season is about introducing a larger world, a larger story in the world, says Favreau. The story's become less isolated, yet each episode has its own flavor. And hopefully, we're bringing more of scope to the show, adds Filoni. Everything gets bigger. The stakes get higher, but also the personal story between the child and the Mandalorian develops in a way that I think people will enjoy. And while the first season's episodes strictly focused on Mando, sorry, I've just got a, got a pop-up come up here that I've got to get rid of. Season two adds new storyline angles. As we do introduce other characters, there are opportunities to follow different storylines. Favreau says, the world was really captivated by Game of Thrones and how that evolved as the characters followed different storylines. That's very appealing to me as an audience member. Listen, John Favreau, I don't know why I sound so angry, but I'm just amped because that sounds awesome because that sounds very appealing to me as an audience member too. Fav! Now, here's a question. There's rumours of all these other shows starting. Will, will, will these separate storylines split into separate shows that then later on can intertwine? Um, you know, I, I see um, all those DC TV shows, the Flashiverse, and they have all the intertwining events. And, like, I don't watch any of the shows... Um, but I'm jealous. I'd love a crossover event. Come on. I remember when they had a crossover event in like the Marvel Star Wars and I was like, oh, this is sick. So uh, I would love that. But either way, splittering off, going off into different stories, then coming back. Oh, yes. So stoked. Uh, the largest scope was aided by having fewer startup costs for the second round, which meant a great percentage of the show's big budget estimated at 100 million for the first season will wind up on the screen. So, um, you know, they've, they've invested in the technology in the sets in, you know, a lot of the production design. It's so they're, they're saving a lot of cash. It's, they're getting on the field running. I'm pumped. <laughs> I can't wait for this. I, 
I, I, I really want to watch this. I, I need to watch this soon. Um, I'm so excited. We've got this to be excited for. So good. Once again, there'll be eight episodes of different lengths and directors include season one standout Rick Famuyiwa. And I really apologize for my pronunciation of that. Uh, Carl Weathers, which is pretty sick. Uh, franchise newcomer, Robert Rodriguez. And for the first time, Favreau himself, who helmed the season premiere airing October 30. So um, that is very interesting. As I mentioned at the top of the show, um, this quote in the midst of this paragraph as Mando and the child continue the quest, expect the bounty hunter to face a series of obstacles that will increasingly challenge his parental or paternal, sorry, loyalty to his ward. We start very directly after the first season and he's going into very dangerous territory. Pascal, 45, says he's very much a passenger to the experience in unexpected ways, not knowing what's to come, not knowing how much or how best to protect the child. We don't know how far he will go to do that. And they're finding new ways to push the envelope. Um, Ads Filoni, we think we know how the characters are going to react and it can be surprising how they do react. Now, let's talk a bit of Moff Gideon. Esposito says, I will be going toe-to-toe with Mando. Also adding, it's an iconic battle. This, it's going to be so good. I love Attack of the Clones, partly for finally getting to see a, a true showdown between Jedi and Mandalorian that was you know, briefly hinted at and in Return of the Jedi. To then watch a similar battle with the roles reversed, um, you know, there, there's a lot of hints that Moff Gideon is a Force user. Ooh! 
Mount Rushmore of Star Wars cape wearers. Hit me. Hey, mate. Straight up. Not even going to muck about. We've got Mendo. I'm going with Moff Gideon. I feel like he kills it. You've got to add Darth Vader. Another cape wearer. I'll tell you who another good cape wearer is, and that's what's his name, Ultra Magnus in that Transformers cartoon. Am I right, Emily Lind? Yeah. Um, hmm. Who would be the third, the fourth? Oh, Count Dooku. Not doing too badly. There was that sort of bounty hunter creature that had one. He was a robot at the end of The Last Jedi. No, not The Last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker that I very much enjoyed. Um, all right, we've got some... Uh... Oh, okay. Rabler says, and I hope I'm... Um... Well, I've got to talk to you on Twitter about how to probably pronounce your name because I love your input. I can't, I can't argue with this. Vader, Krennic, Gideon... Lando. Angelo wants to know if ponchos count. Hey, if you could rock a poncho like a cape, you get on Mount Rushmore. But, uh, and then Tripper Ninja also thinks Duco, Duco is a solid pick. Um, we'll ask around on that. Who is the, uh, maybe we can do uh, like a, a March Madness battle between, we'll have all the nominations. We'll just totally look too much into this horrible thing and then when we work out the mount rushmore oh this is classic steel um we can release a t-shirt of it (laughs) who's with me um okay um cape and own it sorry i really got off track there and where i can have a lightsaber and really own it says esposito 62 who will also command a larger vehicle hint hint so that to me, hint, hint, or is it HTHT? I'm like, I'm fully Christmas morning on this because to see an adder in a new context, like the way that we saw the uh, ATST, you know, I'm sure they'll do it in a different way, but they just, oh. Um, oh, Rick says no love for bigs. Ooh, damn. Sorry, uh, sorry, Alex. Um, I, 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 sh- I didn't mean to step to such a, a, a great uh, YouTuber with uh, his favourite character. But I didn't mean it, but it's, it's, it's a great add-on, I have to say. Bigs. Um, and spend, this is Esposito talking, some one-on-one time with the child. And then in brackets, James Hibbert editorialises. And I have to, I have to go with him on this one. The idea of Gus Fring facing off with Baby Yoda is alone worth the new season's price of admission. And I guess that price of admission is about 20 bucks. So, yeah, I paid 20 bucks to see that. Um, Favreau's original mad, brilliant conception of the child as a key character was one of the earliest discussions with Filoni. God, I like what I hear. And the idea at all at first seemed like a truly radical, perhaps 
uh, heretical notion. When he brought up in the very beginning of doing this, the, the child be of Yoda species, I was like, oh, that's very tricky because, because there's never been this before outside of Yoda and then Yaddle in the prequels on the Jedi Council, it's a sacred thing. I can't do for you. Um, we just have to be responsible when we're telling a story with what we're deciding to do. Now, this line is very in touch. The fans want to know things are calculated, careful decisions. Then if you tell a good story, most of the time they go with it. Here, here. Um, a lot of stuff about how cute the child is. People fan out on him. It's like a real character. All that good stuff. Um, George Lucas coming to the set. Um, he would be giving Dave a hard time about how many setups he was getting and how fast he was shooting and urging him to go faster. Favreau says he was like a boxer's corner man coaching him, but he always had a twinkle in his eye. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, other familiar supporting players like Karga are back too. The bounty hunter is on a quest to be more legitimate, aren't we all? Uh, Weather 72, but I'm not sure there isn't something in the back of his mind that isn't more self-involved. Karga has grown closer to mercenary Kara Dune to the point they almost finish each other's sentences. Uh, while former MMA fighter Carino, Carano, 38, who made her dramatic TV debut with this role, says she's more confident this time round. Explaining she helped Pascal, she was helped by Pascal, agreeing to remove Mando's helmet during their scenes whenever the camera was only on her. I really wanted to see his eyes, which really helped. So she asked him to take his mask off to film. That's, you, you cannot write stuff like this for those that know what I'm talking about. Um, other stuff about Pascal saying little gestures mean a lot. Um, oh, and this is very, uh, very telling. Uh, the breakout success of season one has fandom anticipation for the new episodes running extremely high. I mean, look at me. If Favreau is correct that the Mandalorian benefited from low expectations, there will be no such grading on a curve this time. Yet nobody sounds worried. I have no question fans are going to like this season even more. Everything's in there, Carano, say, uh, Carano says. Sorry, apologies. If you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to get to see the things you've always wanted to see. Really? Well, that to me says that we're going to see what I've always wanted to see. And that's the return of Toro Calican. I love it. Toro, Toro's surprise return, you guys. That's this season's baby Yoda, Yoju, if you will. So um, I'm glad they're keeping a lid on it. Um, or, and the closing line of the article, as Filoni reliably puts it, you want the Empire Strikes Back to be better than a new hope. Hmm. I'd like to think he wouldn't say that lightly. Hmm. All right. That is um, so it 
exciting. Um, Starkiller, I can say I, I, I disagree um, about that. So that is, um, we are now on, on the road to the Mandalorian premiere and we're going to be live streaming all week. Um, I'm trying to work out a little bit of a, like a, a regular thing each day. Um, normally, hopefully on Thursdays, Fridays we'll do the Q&A. That will be um, pre-recorded, but you can live chat and I'll try to live chat as well. Uh, Thursdays, each Thursday, we're going to be joined by our great friend and uh, he literally saved the Clone Wars, you guys. It's Corey Van Dyke from um, the Kessel Run Transmissions. He'll be joining us every Thursday, except for the first Thursday, which he is doing something else. So he'll be here on Wednesday. So tomorrow um, we'll be talking to our boy of the Corey stories. And uh, he's fired up. You got to check his Twitter. Um, he says, so in an official article, Ahsoka, Boba Fett and Bo-Katan are talked about as being rumoured to appear. Lucasfilm Limited had to approve this. It's happening. Now, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's happening. I'm not sure if that means it's happening or not. But, um, you know, if... Uh, I don't know. I can't be able to come up with an analogy, but um, you know, we don't know whether it's been approved or not. The wording leaves room, a bit of wiggle room, but I, um, I sure expect them. I sure expect them. Hey, if you want to support the podcast, get some uh, Mandalorian season two fever and a high quality limited edition screen printed not digitally printed t-shirt. We have got the Steel Wars Yodi Hawk t-shirts and hoodies up for pre-order. We've also got stickers that are about to hit and uh, they ship, uh, stickers ship uh, in the next week. The t-shirts and fleece ship next month. So uh, we'll be producing very few extras. So if you want to check that out, that's um, at merchostore.com. There is a link in the show notes. And uh, of course, it is based on the uh, my favourite skateboard graphic of all time: Tony Hawk's Pal Peralta screaming chicken head skull deal. So uh, check that out if you're on the live stream. And um, as I mentioned, if you uh, watch this on YouTube, you can it's it's up every day at twelve thereabouts on the live chat. If you want to listen to it on audio i will put the first episode up each week on the normal regular feed that's on itunes and all those places downcast google play um ask jeeves net wherever but uh if you want the convenience of getting all the audio of the youtube news and you just want to listen to it uh join the steel wars patreon content club at just the one dollar a month level you get all the youtube stuff in audio form on the feed, as well as every main episode, every like numbered episode of Steel Wars um, in full and interruption free at $3 level, you get all 
our previous back episodes of bonus content. There is over 600 Q&As, um, commentaries, comedy live festival shows. It's um, There's a gamut. You will be kept very, very busy. So uh, check all that. It will unlock all these cool stuff. We've also got the new Star Wars You by podcast in video form. That is up on YouTube. Also, Sean asks, no Boba Cape love. Hey, mate, we'll save it for the March Madness. We're going to be, we're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing this. Uh, finally, I will uh, just check out what is on Google's Star Wars news. Let's click news. Let's see what's up. Um, Milan release leads to 68 spike in Disney plus app downloads. Woo. Wow. Well, that worked. Um, 10 best TV shows to watch on Disney plus, um, not much Star Wars stuff in the, oh, sorry. It's gone to Disney plus news, not Star Wars news. I was like, why is Milan so in this so much Star Wars news? Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Yellow's Lightsaber, Art Leaks. All right. Let's, if, if this is just from a book, it's not a leak. Oh, okay. So it's from StarWarsNews.net, and it is actually from the new Lightsaber book. So that is pretty cool. That is an actual thing. Um Hmm. Yeah, Mandalorian first look. Um, screen rant. Every Clone Wars season finale ranked. Gosh. Okay. So I'm sure in the next day that is going to turn all Mandalorian season two. And why shouldn't it? Join me and uh, our buddy Corey tomorrow for what should be a lively and fun star wars chat i cannot wait for that um thanks so much for watching for listening for supporting the pod and may that force be with you Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.